The story I'd like to tell tonight is um, uh, about two people who have a mental illness. Uh, one is a young lady who, I would say probably in her 30s, who was, found herself pregnant. She was, she's homeless. Now homeless, you have to understand, you're not, not all homeless people are out on the street. Many homeless people are living, crashing at their friend's place or somebody who will allow them to come in. So this person was receiving services for her mental illness, but she was homeless, so she didn't have a family or a place that she could go to. And she found out that she was pregnant, and in the course of talking to where she was getting help for her mental illness, they suggested that she have an abortion, because the, the, all the medications that she was on would have been harmful uh, to the fetus and in, in terms of her having a, uh, a baby, it would have been harmful to her as well. Now, you can get on different medications, but for anybody who's going through a severe mental illness, switching medications is um, fraught with different types of problems. So she was, you know, being counseled that she should have abortion, but she didn't want to have abortion. She wanted to have the baby. And so a friend of hers called uh, Rita and said, you know, told her the situation and could Rita do anything. Well, Rita made some phone calls and was trying to find out more about the situation and, and I'll tell you what happened in a little bit. But at the same time, her boyfriend, who the father of the child, of the uh, unborn child, he came and he was wanted to know more about his spiritual life. So he uh, contacted Rita and was talking to her about his spiritual life, his spiritual life, and he had said that he gave up his drug habit and he gave up his addiction to drinking and wanted to be a good father. So he was clearly looking for God. So we were both counseling and helping them through this process, but then she miscarried and she lost her child. And so she came to us and he came to us and he they were very, you know, concerned and, and wanted to do something special for their child that hadn't been born. And they weren't Catholic, but they asked if we could do something. And we said, sure, we would be more than happy to celebrate the unborn life of your child. And so we met with them and we came up with a, a, a liturgy that would um, help them through that process of grieving. Now. We decided we would have this liturgy in our chapel, which is off the church. We have a big, you know, it's a big old church. And uh, we have a beautiful chapel just off the side of the church, and it's called the Eden Chapel. And what is special, and, and what I think is so important to this story, is that the stained glass windows in the chapel show the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden is, we, we know it for everything God created is good. And so I think, you know, the message for us in that is that everything God created, these two people who came to us, they are good people. And when we recognize their goodness, even though they have, you know, a chaotic life, which was, uh, I think, attributed to their mental illness, they are good people. And they want goodness. And when we can support people like that, the goodness comes out. And so that evening, when we were having the liturgy, when we were ready to start the liturgy, I should say, we didn't know who was going to come. We didn't know who would be there. 
the father, the, the unborn child, was coming, and the, the mother said she would be there. And we said, we'll invite anybody who would like to come. Well, the, the, we started late because the mother, when she was on her way to the chapel, she had second thoughts. She didn't know she could go if she could go through this because she was at you know, such a loss of her unborn child. But eventually she did show up. And when we started the service, there were 16 people there. Now both the mother and the father were estranged from their family, but the parents showed up of both. And there were uh, about eight other people who were homeless, friends of theirs who were homeless. And I didn't know what was going to happen in terms of um, how anybody would respond, but we trusted that God was there and that certainly God would show us his love and uh, show them God's love. And so I started the service and we did some readings and then I said a few words and I really, you know, it's very difficult to come up with something to say in those circumstances. And so I thought, well, I'll let them say something. Why don't I invite the mother and the father to say something? And so they did. You know, first the mother got up and then the father. And what they said, it was incredible. It was that how much they love God, how much they wanted to be with their child in heaven. And they spoke beautifully of a spirituality that they had. And you wouldn't have expected it, quite honestly. But yet, the, the sense of God being present was so powerful. I, I say it was palpable in that room as they spoke about their un, unborn child. It was just such a, uh, an experience for me and for Rita and for everybody who was present in that chapel. And when we went to the end of the service and they went out the door, and this I should have told you earlier, this was right around Christmas time. So as the door opens, you know, it's snowflakes are, are falling down. It was like a Hollywood movie, quite honestly. It's snowflakes are coming down and everybody's going out and Rita and I are there, the last people, as we're watching them walk out onto the street on Belmont Avenue. And we both kind of looked at each other and we said, wouldn't it be wonderful to just keep this group together? You know, couldn't we just keep on going on meeting and sharing this experience of God? And we knew at the same time that that was impossible because of their lives and the, and the you know trans, the transitional nature of their lives. So it it didn't obviously continue after that. But what it said to me is how God can be present, so strongly present, when we never know how that might come about. We never know you know when that will happen, but for one brief moment in the chaotic lives of people who are dealing with such severe illnesses, and quite honestly, one of the reasons that their lives are chaotic is because we don't treat people with mental illness well in Illinois. We don't fund the programs that should help them. And so they find themselves on the street, they find themselves dealing with all kinds of problems. But for one moment, God was very strongly present in their lives. And it not only, I think, spoke to them, but it spoke to me, that how important it is to be non-judgmental, to love in a way that doesn't say, you know, I think you should be this, I think you should be that. 
rather appreciating people for who they are, not who we think they should be. And that's what I think is unconditional love. And when unconditional love like that happens, I believe miracles do happen. That I've seen that time and time, over the 30 plus years that we have been involved in ministry with people with mental illness, I have seen that happen time and time again. When we put faith into the situation, when we put God, bring God into the situation of people's lives. And this, this is really what we're about here tonight, isn't it? It's bringing God into people's lives, whether it be people with mental illness, whether it be in our families, whether it be in our faith communities, whether it be in our neighborhoods. When we are loving in a way that is non-judgmental, miracles clearly do happen. And I think some of the points that I have continued, I always say my ministry with mental illness, which I wouldn't necessarily have chosen to get into, but our oldest daughter has a mental illness, and so that is why we got in. We found NAMI, and NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, really, really helped us, and uh, I got involved in it, and I became the state president in, in the 90s, and, and they said, you're a deacon, you get the churches involved. So that's what I've kind of been doing on it in the Archdiocese and on a national basis, as Jeff said. But what I have found is that everyone has dignity and everyone has value. And when we open ourselves up to the fact that God, everyone God created is, you know, has dignity and has that value and has those gifts. And that's the problem in our society today is that, you know, a lot of times we say, well, people should be like this or people should... But everybody has gifts to bring, and when we allow that to happen by loving them unconditionally, that those gifts come out. So I, I would just say too that, you know, we are instruments of God's grace. God works through us, there is no question about that. And when we go to church on Sunday, we receive Christ, and then for the rest of the week we go out and bring Christ to others, again, whether it be in our neighborhood, and our family, at work, and wherever it might be. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to share that story with you. And Are there any questions? Yes, it's wonderful, and I, I do work with that task force. And again, one of the things the task force asked me to do, and others who work with me, is to come out and speak at parishes. My wife Rita is here. We are celebrating 50 years of marriage this year, so... Uh, I, I tell people I think it's going to work out. <laughs> Mental illness is something that is uh, one in four people are affected by it. One, for one in 17 it's going to be serious and persistent. And it is something that we don't talk a lot about. We talk a lot about all those other diseases, but we don't talk a lot about mental illness. So it's kind of a silent illness. And so in every parish, in every community, there are many people who are dealing with mental illnesses and um, need support and need uh, and sometimes uh, help of the faith community to understand where God is in all this. And this is something we can do. And so I have spent a lot of my life and Rita has spent a lot of her life trying to get that message across and helping parishes understand what uh, mental illness is and how they can reach out to people and families who have mental illnesses. Thank you.